When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Middle call! Heavy, hey! What's up, y'all? Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Shake Your Bosoms. Now you're tight up there. No, I got, you know, <laughs> winter weight, you know. Uh, it's another edition of Haberman Middlecoff. I'm Guy. That's John. If you're new here, welcome. If you're an OG, awesome. Uh, if you're watching the YouTube, hit that subscribe, hit that like button. That's uh, very helpful. Makes me feel good when I see a like. Immediate dopamine shot directly tied to my self-esteem. Uh, you can also check out the podcast down in the description below. And if you're listening to this podcast, Awesome. There's a video version of this. You can watch it. And um, that description, the YouTube link is down in the uh, podcast description below. Mailbag is going to get fired up here soon. John. We are approaching mailbag season. Six months of the year. <laughs> so a lot to get to. Uh, well, you know, QB health season, all that. Yeah. Ooh. Six months a year, too. So. Yeah. Uh, as we speak, John, the Colts are in their 15th round of interviews. Fingers crossed, both hands and toes. Hope Jeff Saturday interviews well the third time around. Good luck, Jeff. Good luck, Jeffrey. We, is he? Did he make it to the uh, the nineteen guy third round uh, finalist list? He had to have. It's like an episode. It's like a, a, the Voice or something. I saw somebody tweet like, "Well, this is just what you do so that when you hire Jeff Saturday, it looks like you had a legitimate interview process." But if I could defend Jim Mercy for a second here. You're about to hand somebody, well, I guess Jeff Saturday wouldn't command an $85 million contract like Sean Payton, but you're about to give somebody a lot of money and you, you've you known them for eight hours. Like the Texans have known D'Amico Ryan's most of his professional life. Yep. You know, if the Eagles uh, lose Shane Steichen to the Colts or the, like Jim Irsay will have known that person just for the amount of time that he's met with them, like eight hours. I actually don't think it's insane to want to talk to somebody more than twice before you give them 50, 60, 70 million dollars. I think it's less about the money. This is not the way business is done, clearly. I think it's less about the money you're giving them because you're going to give an astronomical amount of money to whoever. It's more about if we get this wrong, it's devastating for our business. And if we get this right, it's very lucrative for our business. So let's fucking try to get it right. You could argue at minimum you know, five interviews, like dinner, spending time with your family. Like, let's just do some non-football stuff. I would say if I were an owner, I'd want some uh, uh, covert, um, uh, you know, operations. Like, I just follow you around for a week and just kind of watch you. You don't know I'm there. See how well, you think about th- Think about the amount of time you spend in a draft pick. You know, a guy coming out this year. Let's just pick one of the quarterbacks. Will Levis. 
My scouts have been watching that guy for several years now. He goes to the combine. We spend time with him. We bring him into our facility. We go to his pro day. We go out to dinner with him. We have done extensive research from the coaching staff to the support staff at Kentucky. We've talked to his teachers. We've talked to his parents. We know his agent. We know we've gotten to know him slowly but surely. We come in with an enormous amount of information before we even meet the individual. It, you know, it's you spend so much time and so much effort scouting players, and you'd argue, well, it's a big investment. True, but like a top five pick gets what 35, 40 million dollars guaranteed now. Coach, you, did you see is that what the Sean Payton you read? 85, 85 million dollars, five years, 85, so 17 million a year, which you know, a lot of money. And he's unique because we have a lot of information on him, right? His his resume and his as a human, like he's well, well established. But a lot of these people you're interviewing, the Bengals coaches, the Eagles coaches, we don't know that much. Some of these guys were quality control guys five years ago. You know, <laughs> Sirianni was, what did we say? He was quality control guy three times, which got to be unheard of for a head coach. I think Nate Hackett was too. Three times? I'm pretty sure. You're saying for like three different teams? No, it was like he was with Andy, quality control. Then he gets promoted to like assistant QB coach. Then who knows? Like some, ver- and obviously this didn't happen, but like whatever. Matt Nagy needs to join the staff. So he goes back to like quality control. Then he was, was he in San Diego? Maybe you're saying, quality you're control? S- you're saying Sirianni was with Andy? Uh, oh yeah, I'm going to pull up his resume now. I don't think he was. I think he was, he was he was Chiefs 09 offensive quality control coach. That was his first pro job. Todd Haley, I think. Then he was 10 assistant QB coach. 11 offensive quality control coach. 12 wide receivers coach. So you're right. Andy was not there yet. Comes in the next year. I bet he's gone. 13, he goes from Chiefs wide receiver coach to Chargers quality control coach. So Need a paycheck. Times, John, <laughs> that's weird. Three times a quality con- control coach is weird. Sometimes it's hard as a young guy, though. You just got to keep it, keep whatever job you can get and just keep the momentum. The yeah, keep the momentum. Yeah. So then he's a uh, QB coach. Then the Chargers move him from QB coach to receiver coach. He'd done that before. Then he becomes the Colts OC, but he's not really calling the plays, right? Was Frank Wright calling the plays? Yeah. And then he, and yeah, 18, 19, 20, and then Eagles in 21. Now he's in the Super Bowl. Now he's in the Super Bowl. Yeah. There's no no two roads are the same, I guess, but just a bizarre. Uh, what was the name of the commander's football team defensive coordinator we talked about? Chris Harris the other day? Yeah. I can't quite tell. I mean, obviously Shanahan, Fangio's greatest flaw is that he runs the wrong defense. And his second flaw is not bald, which clearly is a Shanahan requirement for defensive coordinator. And Chris Harris, different photos. Some photos bicked, some photos very short. So just something to keep an eye on. Ezero Evero, what's his uh, hair status? I saw the Jets might be the first franchise in league history to have a bald GM, a bald head coach, and a bald offensive coordinator. Was that like in the – did you get that in the newsletter? 
No, I just saw someone tweeted it out. All brotherhood like, you know, probably correct. Uh, Evro bald. So Shanahan looked really skinny. I thought at his press conference, he looked thin. You know, what did, what did John Lynch keep saying about him? He needs sleep. I'm just fascinated. When I don't sleep a lot, I get hungrier in my discipline and like ability inhibitions to turn to not turn things down, and I just end up eating dirtier. He feels like the opposite, where he just doesn't eat. He just drinks like coffee all day. And if I like, do you think he puts cream in his coffee? I would say no. no. Coach, do coaches put cream in their coffee? Some do, I think. Some younger ones do. I feel like most don't. I feel like you could, you'd have to scrounge for sugar in the. It's usually right there. The There's usually like an unlimited amount of different creamers. I cannot pretty easily drink just coffee black, but when cream's there, it's just yeah, I'm gonna put some cream in my coffee. Yeah, it's like a mental, you know, edge. I think I did it today with no cream, just to, with the sugar, and it actually was fine. Can you just do black coffee? No, you could though. I mean, I could. I've done it. Last time, actually, I, I got coffee at a football office, San Diego State. No cream to be found and no sugar to be found. So I just drank it black. <laughs> they just had like two of those pots from diners. You know, those. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a classic. It, it is a little stronger. I opened the fridge. Little... Not a not shit in the fridge. You can't Food's, find sugar anywhere. Food's delivered, man. And no creamer. Do basketball oh. coaches drink coffee or are they sleeping? I know Bobby Hurley drinks like uh, only only consumes Diet Coke on game day. He doesn't want to be too amped up. Well, no, he just doesn't eat, but he Diet Coke, I guess, keeps him. I don't know. Locked. Oh, you're in. saying no food? No food. Just he drinks Diet Coke. How have they, have they uh, held their mud as the season's gone on? They, they got off I'm, to a hot start. That'd be a negative on that. They've fallen apart. Oh, a little bit. Um, somebody in the chat commented earlier. Uh, bad, bad for uh, what do they say? Like. Bad 42 hours for the Niners. Tom Brady retires. Fangio goes to Miami. Uh, Shanahan looks weathered in the press conference. So I guess we should start with Tom real quick before we dive into some other stuff. Because last we talked, I was advocating for Tom Brady. And um, I would have continued advocating for Tom Brady. That option's now on the table. It, it makes me a little sad because this time I believe that he's gone. And I think he still had something left in the tank. I hate to see him go out with a team that was basically playing offensively with one hand tied behind its back. He had more. I think he had more to give. But um, I guess now he'll be a Fox broadcaster. But, you know, obviously this has happened a day and a half ago. Uh, that that storyline, I you know, I, I do wonder if the Niners, I, I don't think, did they get asked yesterday if they communicated with Tom before his retirement? I, didn't, I don't think so. They just got asked about a veteran quarterback. Yeah. You know, kind of, you know, under his ilk and they said no yeah we're good with our two injured guys three injured guys yeah four injured guys Sudfeld available guys uh I, so anyway the top the tom door is closed I, we had a tom we did that on the podcast the other day we had a video that was set to go out the next day i had to delete that video from posting because it was why the niners should get tom brady are, are you but, shocked though i mean it had been trending to me his body language no, his age, his personal life, like it was kind of over, you know, and, and to move across the country, I could never see that. He, he's so entrenched on the Eastern seaboard. And then for the last, it'd be one thing if he was one and done, he was there four years. 
Yeah. And he's making so much more money in this tax-free state. Like I, I had a hard time envisioning him. If you told me the 49ers played in Pensacola or Jacksonville, I'd have been like, fuck, the guy's coming back. Could you see that guy moving to San Jose for six months? I, I, I just I couldn't envision it. Yeah, I could have just because they were such they would have been such a good fit to try and go win another Super Bowl. I think it really would have been him on a on a superpower type team with really good players around him. Now it would have required maybe a little more, you know, in terms of work from a study standpoint to like figure out what this offense is going to be like. And maybe he was just totally worn out. I mean, in some ways, I think it's easier to go out like he did than to go out on top. Because when you go out on top, or when you're on top, you think, "Why well, I'm going to stay on top?" Um. So, but logistically, with his kids, yeah, I know. No, you're right. It's not nothing. You know, like his parents. Yeah, his parents. If he didn't have several children, you know, and, and the yeah. other thing is, is that like, okay, to win a Super Bowl, and I'd say if he had like two, and he's like, you know, he'd always been saying he wanted more. Or he was stuck on three, like he wanted as many as Montana, or he wanted more than Peyton Manning. Guy, he has seven. He has seven Super Bowls. And I'm not, you're not alone. Like everyone's like, he can come to the Niners and win a Super Bowl. Yeah, to get eight? Like, what, I, yeah. what the fuck's the difference? You know? Yeah. I, well, I just don't, I, I, I think that, I think the marginal, like overall impact, I'm not, obviously, if he came to the Niners and won a Super Bowl, it'd be a really big deal. But does it change the Tom Brady story that much? No, no, it doesn't. And, and the other thing he doesn't have, which he had when he went to Tampa, was the same thing he had when he came into the league and he was, you know, nobody wanted him and he had that motivation. Part of the Tampa thing was about sticking it to Bill. And who is he, you know, what what vendetta does he have now to, mo- to continue? Maybe that has died off. He won his championship. Bill's teams aren't any good, really. And... What, who, what, what is Tom's? Who is his foil? Right? You know, like what is the thing that drives him? Yeah. Um, and you kind of go out with a whimper. So, yeah, I just Gronk won't even come back and play. I, with him I actually anymore. thought that that his video was perfect because it was just authentic him in front of a phone on a beach. Was it? What do you mean? Was it authentic him in on a phone in front of a beach? You don't think it was? Well, I mean, it was him. Like, when I hear, like, I woke up this morning, I just want to tell you guys first. Did he tell us first? No, he had been he had been telling like Kraft and like he told I I think he wanted, unlike last time. I saw the report. It wasn't even that day. It had been pre-recorded. Well, yeah, he was in L.A. for 80 for Brady. Yeah. So, I mean, when I say authentic, I just meant like. Once he started talking about his teammates, how he got kind of emotionally moved, it was short and sweet. And it was that. I thought like, that was cool. They're like, I've already done the long emotional letter. The other thing is like, sometimes these players like, Oh, the year LeBron announces his retirement before the season. It's going to be like, Oh, it'll my be a three year plan. Yeah. I love Jeter, but that whole fucking thing. It's just, there's just, Bochi did it. Were you mad? At I Bochy? like when guys are just like, I'm out. You were you mad when Bochi did it and got all. Now he, he, he's cool. And then he came back. He came back. <laughs> Bochi's back. What does he do with all the gifts? He got the rocking chair and the wine. <laughs> what's a drink and you know he sold yeah uh in fairness to him he kind of got pushed out i mean but he did yeah i think he's got on record and saying that like, yeah they didn't, so, want him. <laughs> they didn't want him anymore so uh no i agree with you i got i i thought the way brady did it was cool um i'm just gonna miss him i i know last year we had talked about it and 
I think you kind of he's felt 45. You know, 45. <laughs> I think you kind of felt which was his original plan, right? Was like play to 45, right? Wasn't he that did. the original number? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Um I know last year you were kind of over him. Is that fair to say? I don't how would I you just think it's it? very, very difficult to watch a player of his status just get peppered and the team be in shambles, even though that is the history of the way great players go out. It's like yeah. He doesn't need to be doing this. Like he's not, there's no more chasing. And I think I wonder if that, like you said, like what's he chasing? Uh, the, the Niners think of things that you thought of when you were a kid that still mean a lot to you in the sense of like, when it comes up in your emotion, you feel it, but ultimately you're not driven or wired about that thing at all anymore. Like his separation from going to candlestick is a long time removed I mean, he was drafted by the Montreal Expos in 1995. From Michigan to the Patriots, to even these four years of Tampa, there is a wide gap of his like his young, youthful love of the Niners. Like that's a long time ago now, you know, long time ago. Yeah, it is. But I do think like I think it still means something to him. Something now, what exactly? How much? But like I said, not the, enough to keep th- playing when you're unmotivated, or whatever. yeah, things can mean something to yeah. you, and then as you age and life changes, you change. I mean, he's moving to Miami. Yeah, yep. It's all a sliding scale. Like, okay, that still means something to me, but does it mean more to me than being here, where I've got roots now, being close to my kids, starting my career in television, maybe owning some of the Dolphins, whatever. He just well, got like did did, did he want to go to the Niners life event? I mean, did he want to go to the Niners in twenty because they were the Niners, or because they just got the Super Bowl and they were really good? I think like, it's I think it's less about the they were the Niners and more about they were on the list of teams that he could win a championship with. Did LeBron go back to Cleveland after Miami because it's home? I'm coming home, or because they had Kyrie Irving and the number one overall pick, and they were equipped to like be good? If they would have yeah. sucked and had nothing. He's not going there. I the one thing with LeBron, the difference with LeBron, the one thing with LeBron is that LeBron was um dragged very publicly for going to Miami. And I wonder if he felt like I can like if that if he was hurt by that and felt like he could write some of that wrong. True, but they they were equipped to win. No, you know? he wouldn't have done it if not. For, yeah, you're right. You're right. Cause I would say no sport, no sport sucks more losing than football. <laughs> And if you've been around winning in football, you'd want no part of losing. If if money, I, I understand when players like sign a contract with a shitty team because they offer them a ton of money. You can't. It's football. But in like Brady status, or think about Peyton when he made his decision. Like at the time, remember Harbaugh wanted him, but it was still kind of risky, you know, to go to the Niners mm-hmm. and Denver. Like you could just see the writing on the wall. Elway was there, or so he could sell you, even though he hadn't really done it long. It was just like, I'm your equal. We will do everything possible. We'll get some of the players we have on this team. Like, I would imagine a lot of the conversations stay in the was AFC. having with his people. Yeah, stay in the AFC, teams you're comfortable with. That matters a lot in football, I think. Personnel, coaching, they're just. You know, in, in baseball, it's like, wait, they're offering me $200 million to play third base? It doesn't matter. Like, who's the batting coach? You know? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, it doesn't matter. The, the one thing in baseball that does matter is, like, if you change leagues, although it matters less so now. It used to matter more when you when there was no even interleague play. Like, it is a whole – you don't have you haven't seen any of those pitchers before or you haven't seen any of those hitters before. I remember that used to always be a story, like an adjustment. Like, ah, it's taken a couple months, you know, learning the league. 
but that's less a thing now just because of all the interleague play. But um, I, I yeah. didn't. I, I would have wanted Tom for business reasons. It would have been cool. Me and you would have probably made us some more money. But I, I guess I'm not. I, I never envisioned it happening. I, I thought it was such a such a hail mary possibility after what we witnessed last year how it'd been consistently talked about how his kid that's in New York, then he gets this divorce. Mm-hmm. Now you're a, now you're a divorced dad. So you're splitting time. Say what you want about Tom like and Giselle. I, I, I think everyone makes too big of a deal of like, it's hard to assume we ever know anyone's relationship. The only person that truly ever knows your a relationship is yourself and your significant other people on the outside. The even your closest friends might know a percentage, but they the never knows. know the whole thing. The maid knows. And, and, and then you get a what did you say? The maid. The maid knows. Yeah, especially Arnold's. Mildred Baina. Really Arnold. <laughs> See, I was wondering Arnold's wife didn't know the relationship. No, she didn't. Uh, but Mildred did. <laughs> and uh <laughs> she in Bakersfield or something? I, yeah, probably. Because I mean they were, you know, in the Hollywood Hills. I, I just think that for him to he's already gonna be splitting time with his kids. It, it was he's older. It's one thing, like, you know, he's only 31, like your mindset's a little imagine how mature at 45 like the things he's thinking about are so much different than even like a free agent this year that's 33 years old even jj watt that just announced his retirement just had like new baby within the last six months his mindset of life is dramatically different than a guy whose oldest kid is fucking playing high school football yeah maybe his kid's like dad i'm gonna go to college at you know i want to go to florida or he just wants to watch his kid play high school football. Yeah. I, I, I never thought for a second, like I, I was closer to a hundred percent than I was 90 in terms of confidence. It was not happening. Now I wasn't confident of the Niners being aggressive. If he said like, I'm open to it. I it just, I had a hard time. He feels really, really entrenched. Like those rich people from the Northeast that moved to Florida, like they're, they're no, they're never budging. No, they yeah, don't they're staying. DG on the stream asked, had the Niners signed him in 2020, would they have a Super Bowl by now? Yes. Yeah. Would they have two Super Bowls? What That's hard to say if, because, you know, a freak attack, missed tackle or a fumble, but I, I think they'd have a Super Bowl. That's a, it's, it's one of those where, uh, you know, when Surly Kyle, you know, that was a mistake. Yeah. Before we get to Surly Kyle, though, so the 20 season, the 21 season, NFC Championship game, the 22 season NFC Championship game. So, in theory, they would have had, well, I guess four years, right? You said 20? When did Brady leave? Was he there three years? Niners lost the Super Bowl in 19. Brady goes in 20, 2021, 20, 22, right? Three years, yeah. Yeah. Beats the Chiefs in 20. So, yeah, I, I, I think, and yes, we have to, we are doing something insane in assuming the 49ers would have had an injury-free quarterback season with Tom. But Tom Brady's career ends on a cart. (laughs) Shanahan, like, I don't know. It could have happened anywhere. Ends on a cart with a thumbs up. That is the last images of Tom. Kyle's like, Mullins! (laughs) Um... Yeah, maybe they don't win in 20. Okay. But he is this is why I made the case for him the other day. Right now, and I'm not saying this in a this is going to sound like a sh- right now the Niners are really good at almost getting there or almost getting it done. And Tom's a finisher. 
So yeah, I think they would have a Super Bowl. I I got to take for you. Hmm. I think Tom, once he starts doing Fox games, even though the Rams had a shitty season with all their players coming back, they're going to be in the mix for primetime cool games, right? They're not just getting booted. It would take now, now that Sean and Stafford are back. I think you have to assume though they won't be terrible. Yeah, so they're he's going to do a lot of Kyle and McVay games. He's going to love those two guys. Now, would it have worked like those two guys, Kyle's probably even more than Sean, like coach player could have got a little weird, even though I would say both, all three of them feel like little balance to their life. <laughs> Beside when they're with their family, it's 100% football. So I think they would even then, it, a lot. But it's you saw what John Lynch said the other day, like Kyle likes to go away, but we still stay in touch. <laughs> well, did you, the, the other thing that he mentioned, did you get the, uh, you know, obviously when he goes away, we run our personnel department, but everything goes through Kyle. It's yeah. like, you know, so basically there's nothing happens in our organization without going through Kyle. Well, Brady's been used to now for a couple of years in Tampa. Like, I want to do this. I got doing this. So he was a little emboldened. And in fairness, he comes to Kyle like, hey, Kyle, I got some ideas. Like, you're not fucking Belichick here. Like, I'm, I'm looking for your rings. I don't see any. I, I got seven of them. So it. I think they are going to be very, very good buddies. Like, I, I think their relationship for calling the game, assuming Tom goes all in, let's, let's give Tom five years of calling games, doing a ton of Kyle games. They're going to love each other. Because Kyle already has talked about when he was young in his career, watching him, like the respect he has. I, they're going to be BFFs. Yeah. If, if you told me like they hung out a little bit in the offseason, they're going to be good friends. I, I don't know if it was a match made in coaching heaven. At, Tom, at the start, at the status, Tom's at 45, all these championships. Like, bro, I got some ideas. Right. Shanahan's like, I, I can really help you. <laughs> Tom's like, help me do what? <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Uh, two Brock, a couple Brock Purdy things to get to. Uh, we keep updating Brock's situation. Kyle Shanahan said on Wednesday, reiterated, uh, it certainly sounds to him like this is a repair, not a reconstruction. He said Brady. Uh, he said that Purdy is three months after same surgery. Guy. They think same guy. Uh, he said Purdy is Brady, and Brady is Purdy. He said that that Brock. He thinks a surgery would be three months until he can start throwing, and then at month after six months, good to go. Shanahan said he asked the doctors, "Wait, so does that mean after six months you have to manage him, put him on a pitch count, that kind of thing?" And he said he was told no. So uh, he. You know, it sounds like that we don't know exactly what we heard Brock the other day. We don't know, you know, Brock's getting second opinions, third opinions, whatever. We don't know exactly what Brock is going to do, but it certainly seems like the Niners have reached their conclusion, which is he should get a surgery and that that surgery would have him back with plenty of time to be ready for the season. I think it's pretty easy to take an educated guess on this one and go, well, why wouldn't Purdy just immediately go under the knife and just get it taken care of if that's the prognosis and that's the the outcome? And you go, well, one, Brock Purdy had a front row seat of seeing just madness happen, right? When he showed up to OTAs, the starting quarterback, he'd be like, yeah, they just traded three first-round picks for him. They, this guy's the starter. It's a lock. And then it get weird very, very fast by the time the middle of training camp. And then Jimmy Garoppolo come back, and that guy basically get Wally Pitt pretty immediately. And you just... Obviously, the guy played football. His dad was a former pro athlete. Like, if you follow football long enough, and if you play at the level, I would argue just once he gets to Iowa State, it's a pretty cutthroat sport. 
where you just guys get hurt, guys get replaced. How many guys before he even got to the league did he just see at Iowa State? Like this guy, one of the better recruits, breaks a leg, never plays again. Like he, there's yeah, the a guy, cutthroat I'm nature sure to a bunch of quarterbacks in his class, right? That he never heard from again. For sure. You just think about like Peyton Manning was Peyton Manning. Then his neck went weird. And then the Colts cut him. The Patriots said, Tom Brady, yeah, we're good with going our separate ways. I mean, these are two, these are the best two quarterbacks of Brock Purdy's life. He's sitting there right now, like the Packers are going to trade Aaron Rodgers. Like it's just, it's the league. He watched Jimmy Garoppolo play in the Super Bowl. And then when Brock showed up to practice, Jimmy was banished behind the bleachers. Like he's like, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. I do understand if you're him and you've been durable your whole life. One, an injury just, it's a weird position to be in, right? You're like, you're just not used to going through it. And two, like, are we sure that I have to get surgery and be out six months? Yeah. Because if this is just, I can take a month off and I'm good, I will be the starting quarterback the first time we ever walk on the grass as a team. I'm the starting quarterback. Trade That's a fact. First team snaps, any chance to take his job back? It's my job. Well, at any time there's a surgery, it's always easy to assume success when it's somebody else's surgery. When it's you going under the knife and you, you know, like, I think when it's your surgery, the most basic thing, anesthesia, which can result in death if done wrong, would freak you out a little bit. And no one, now I don't, I, I don't, There may, it may be that it's local anesthesia. I don't know what they do for this. I'm not sure that they put that you happen, on. Does it happen a lot? Anesthesiologists make a lot of money because that that is a very fine balance when they put you when, full anesthesia, not local anesthesia, right? Not when they just numb your elbow, which I don't know how what they somebody somebody in the chat knows how they do Tommy John. They may they probably they may not need to put you under for that, so it's not a perfect example. But like that's the thing, nobody when it's somebody else's surgery, like good luck. But then the anesthesiologist comes in and explains to you, like, okay, here are the risks. You gonna sign off on the piece of paper? So I to your point, like it's his elbow they're cutting open. People have nicked the wrong nerve before and caused, you know, when they say 99 times out of 100, this is awesome. You're like, well, one time out of 100, somebody loses their ability to be an NFL quarterback. Is that possible? Like, well, we have we've only done this internal brace uh, for Mullins. We don't it's only happened a couple of times. So, you know, we'll see. We'll look forward to kind of following your progress, Brock. I'm with you. But it clearly the, the elbow is the lifeblood of the guy's future career. So I, I, I get being very, very, j- just very prudent with all my moves. You know, what's the rush here? I, I Let's just take a week or two to exhaust all the options. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Because I would say that when you watch two guys, one a little more consistently positive than the other in John and Kyle, they both felt pretty positive about like the where this stands, right? It, mm-hmm. it, they blew some smoke, and we can get into some of Kyle's comments, but they both felt very, very confident in the way they portrayed the rumors that we had already heard about the Niners wanting him to get it, and they explained why, right? Yeah, because they thought it was it would get him back in six months. Was but it like it's a it's a it's a surgery that one if anything's going weird you know three months into it right it's mm. not like you know at the end mm. because you start throwing at three months so if something's off like you you have time you know sometimes with the ACL six months in it's like well we got him out on the field and then it starts swelling like you there'd be a build up process that if you ever need to make moves it, there's just wiggle room in, in the way that the way that they explained it because that was clearly the way it was explained to them yeah. 
you know. Uh, Mayoko said on his podcast, there will be a lot of pissed off people if Brock Purdy isn't the starter next year. Kyle Shanahan, when asked, is this basically asked, is this Brock's job, said, I haven't even thought about that yet. Shanahan claimed to have not thought about who his starting quarterback would be next year, as if he was unmoved by all of Brock's progress. Like if, if John Lynch came in after seven weeks, like, man, Brock is killing it. Do they just oh, not no. think Trey can play? <laughs> Well, I'll say this, right? Like, Brock was really good. It's not like if Trey gets replaced by Brock Purdy, he got replaced by some guy who didn't do... I mean, Brock was historically special. 100%. But I'm just saying, like, Miracle's talking to the people that matter, that wear the pads, and it's clear, like, no, he's our starting quarterback. It's not like, well, we'll just be open to whoever. Trey even a chance. <laughs> yeah. What are you even letting this guy get a snap for? Yeah, I mean, John, I... I they run a different offense. They ran a different offense when Trey Lance was their quarterback. So they don't think he can play in their preferred way of playing. And they may not think he can play. Like the really play. The players. The players? That was the was that the silver, the Mike Silver report that there was some locker room kind of pull for Jimmy, right? Last offseason. Butcherbox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at butcherbox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high quality meat and seafood. You can trust 100% grass fed beef. Free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get ButcherBox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you free for a year plus an additional 20 bucks off either salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for free. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash ham and use the code ham to choose your free offer for a year plus get $20 off your first order. What's up, everybody? It's your old friend, John Middlecoff. I'm here to tell you about our friends at game time. Here's what I need you to do. Go to your smartphone, download a little app called game time. Baseball season's in full swing. Oracle Park, been there a million times, never doesn't live up to the hype. Go get yourself some garlic fries, a brewski, maybe uh, some ice cream. They have very good Ghirardelli ice cream there. And when you do that, promo code HAM. So download the Game Time app, your first pair of tickets, promo code HAM, H-A-M, save $20. The A's, only going to be in the Bay Area for the rest of this season. You probably can basically go for free. Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. 
Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. And and I get where if you're Kyle, like ultimately you do need to rehab his value right around the league and just rehab the guy mentally because, you know, he can say whatever he wants. I, I don't know how he'd be as confident Trey Lance, that is, right now, as he was to start OTAs last year, right? A lot has happened. So it doesn't behoove you to be like, Brock is injured. I, I would say if, if Brock was 100% fine and they had just lost the game, they had just lost the Eagles and Brock was cool, that comment would be an enormous story. I'd be like, I'd be, what the fuck are you talking about, right? Players might be mad. Like, this is a joke. Yeah. And I don't, do you think he would have said that if they just, if they just would have lost 31 to 20, Purdy was fine. Like, threw a couple touchdowns, threw a pick too, but they, they just lost. Defense gave up a late touchdown, whatever. Is he saying what he just said about who's the starting quarterback this offseason? Brock's 100% he healthy. I think he says the same thing. He might. I think he says, I haven't really thought about it. But obviously, what Brock did this year, I mean, now, when Kyle Juszczyk or Debo comes into his office, I, I think part of it is every, Trent's like, oh, one of, <laughs> every single one of us would be shocked if when healthy, Brock Purdy is not their starting quarterback. You know what I mean? Like, I think even the players would go, whatever, that's just, they would think that is Kyle doing media talk and not really how Kyle feels and not really what Kyle thinks. Now, I don't think Kyle is so married to Trey because they spent what they spent on him from a draft trade standpoint. Well, it's over now, right? Yeah, that you th- that was an L. Um, But, you know, the question is, if, if it's an F right now, can you get it up to a B minus? It may it's not ever going to be an A plus, but like. It, it would be foolish for Kyle to give up on Trey Lance being anything. Because Trey really hasn't played. Now, maybe he he thinks he's far less confident than he would have been a year ago that Trey can become a like an NFL starter. But, A, he's still on his team. It'd be foolish for him. Think about how patient, from an injury standpoint, Kyle Shanahan's been with players historically. <laughs> he will wait and wait. If he, think there's a, if he thinks there's a chance you can become a player for him, they will wait and wait and wait. Um, Jalen Hurd, probably the first guy that comes to mind. So, you know, I mean, I, it's probably, it's not these things. I don't think it's black and white. Like he has to think Brock gives him a better chance to win, but it doesn't mean that he thinks he's wasting his time. If he gives Trey Lance any reps, it, the problem, I think we all identify, it's going to be, how is Trey Lance going to get better if he doesn't play? And we're just looking at another scenario in which he's unlikely to play. Now, the flip side of that is, if you're the Niners quarterback in the Kyle Shanahan era, 
uh, if you're the Niners' backup quarterback in the Shanahan era, you play. You play. It happens every year. The backup quarterback, almost every year, the backup quarterback plays. So at this point, he needs Trey Lance, so there's a reason to be invested in Trey. But there is not a soul that honestly thinks you, me, watching, listening, uh, analysts, fans, casual, hardcore, there cannot be a person in that building that doesn't expect Brock Purdy to be their quarterback next year. Like it's just Agreed. so, you know. I mean, until it now the 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 one part of it that makes it complicated is he's hurt. He's getting a surgery. Trey Lance will probably be healthy before Brock. And this goes back to what you said about Brock just maybe being a little uncomfortable. If if Brock got the job because the door just swung wide open for him and he walked right through it. Now we all think it's unlikely that Trey Lance in the last year just looks like a guy that has to be the starting quarterback of the team. But the second you start taking first team reps, you have the opportunity for the other guy to to take the other guy's job because he got hurt. Now, can you practice well enough to overcome what Brock Purdy did in real games? Probably not. No. Especially if people think like, does Brock look better in practice? So in the meeting rooms, does he know the offense better? Blah, blah, blah. So I just, you know, I don't see how he's not the quarterback, but again, he's getting a surgery. He's getting a surgery. We think. We think. Yeah, yeah. It, it feels inevitable. And and if I, if I were like Trey Lance's agent or his mental performance coach, I'd be like Trey. You could start the set. You could end up starting the second series of the season. You know, like I think I said it the other day, but I saw somebody after the NFC Championship game, say like, I, I mean, I said it, we all said it. I can't believe I'm watching Josh Johnson in this game. But it, like, why can't I believe that? I've watched the backup quarterback play so many games for the 49ers. Why can't I believe that the 49ers starting quarterback got hurt? So, I mean, they had been one snap away from Josh Johnson for seven straight weeks, right? Exactly. Really more, because two playoff games. I mean, it could have happened at any moment. Could happen at any time. And here's the other thing. Josh Johnson, or... Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo's had multiple injuries. Brock Purdy has to prove that he can be healthy. Does feel like they're finally sending Jimmy on his way. It does feel that way. This time it's real. You'd think. <laughs> do, do you, are you one? Is there a 1%? B- Barrow said yesterday when they had the availability for the locker room, you know, like Purdy's right there, Trey's right there, Kittle's right there, Fred, they're all talking. He said the moment the locker room opened for media to go in, they look outside and Jimmy's car is... No. <laughs> That's, he said he peeled out. Not a lot to clean out in the locker, probably. I mean, he was... I, yeah, I guess he'd been injured for a little while, so he'd probably slowly but surely. I, it does feel over. Because the one thing Jimmy has right now in theory, is like some more health. You know, he was training to be ready by the Super Bowl, definitely be ready by March, whatever the whatever the first day of free agency is, that Wednesday, middle of March, 17th, 15th, whatever the official day is. Feels like more than likely I would bet Jimmy signs on that day, within the net, within 48 hours of that day, wouldn't you? Uh, March 15th, league year begins. Like, is Jimmy Garoppolo more likely to sign March 15th or April 10th? Uh, yeah, I'm with you right away. It's like Texans, Jets, Dolphins, 
I think he's in one of those spots fast. Yeah, I agree. The other part of it is you just think if Brock's back, you think Brock's better. Like what? Yeah. So very bizarre situation, but the Niners are not immune to bizarre situations. No, they're they're a bizarre upper because when they lose, they they don't just you know just walk off field goal, miss a tackle. It's just a tough NFL loss. It's like oh my god, you don't want to know what happened. Yeah, they're like an M Night Shyamalan or whatever you say his last name movie. Shyamalan. Shyamalan. There's always a twist, and sometimes the twist is like, well, that was stupid. Yeah, I'm, I, <laughs> I don't the really twist isn't even shocking. It's just like, bro, really? This is how we're ending it this season. But I think as time goes on, we'll remember that NFC Championship game, not with the horror of having a potentially classic game ripped away from us, and more with like, I can't believe Kyle Shanahan, another crazy Kyle Shanahan season ended. Yeah. In I, I honestly, I think I, I don't think that's ever changing. What? I think it was so weird that it just completely erased from anyone's mind the potential of this could have been an all-time great game. It's like, what the fuck did I... No one even talks about that. Even though we were ripped away from the two best teams in the conference lining up to play each other, kick off, let's go. This is bad. I remember waking up like, this is going to be sweet. And then yeah. immediately it was... You texted me in the morning. You're like, I'm feeling I'm feeling good today. You were confident Sunday morning. Because I was just... I was ready for a war. I know yeah. they can handle war. So I was like, I this going to... Their team's better than last year. They all admitted this year. I think Trent and Bosa were asked, is this the best team over the last couple of years? Like, this team was better than last year because it was. Why? Because the quarterback. And then his arm doesn't work. And then Kittle, do you see mic'd up? He's like, are you ambidextrous? Like, can you throw with your left hand? I saw that. I didn't watch it. Was How would, How did Brock? I, must I, did, I, I didn't have it muted. I just saw the the thing. Several I think he was trying to loosen it. You know, he was... Severo on the stream says, I knew John was a fan. Well, he had you would you would bet heavy on the Niners too. Yeah. I root for the Niners to win games. I've not acknowledged my point is simply like my fandom is much different than when I was a kid than it is now. It's much more selfish now. Yes. <laughs> when you're when you're when you're a true fan, like I cried watching Tiger Woods win the 19 Masters. Yeah, uh, I, I I openly root for the Warriors when they're in the playoffs. Th- this is different. I have an agenda here. You know, <laughs> you know, where, where media always claim that like they're not. We're, we're, <laughs> I have a side. Would that have been a good podcast name if we had not gone with Haberman and Middlecoff? Remember, we were trying to come up with names, agenda driven, or something like that. Something based on like we don't pretend that we don't have an agenda. Not terrible. I mean, we could always pivot. No, that's not bad. Agenda driven. It's not really doesn't make it doesn't sound like a fun show. It sounds yeah, like I, I, and the way I always justify it is like when you're a fan, you pay for everything. Your time, you go to games, like mm-hmm. they're getting all of you. Like I, I profit off this. So this is yeah, you know, this is <laughs> this is a two-way street. They do well, we do well. Right. If if they did if like I've always said. If you said we would 4X our revenue and they would lose every game, I remember people like, you're lying. No, I would 100% do that. If you said uh, five, 10X the revenue and it's all just exclusively Raiders. I just, my comeback would be, I think it's humanly impossible to 10X <laughs> revenue with that brand. That's not the scenario though. The scenario is. That, that's, a wor- that's a world that doesn't exist, guys. <laughs> 
agenda driven with Haberman and Middlecoff. Look at it in print. It doesn't look great in print, but we you would not have the name, our names. You know. No, no, I know. I'm just looking at the word agenda agenda driven. Uh, it's close. You, you're, you, I feel like you know you're headed toward the. You're thirsty and you're headed toward the river. Yeah. To me, it kind of it's it's in the spirit of uh, you know the best podcast name. I don't know what your opinion is. My I think the most genius podcast name is just pardon my take. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's great for multiple reasons, but I think what would be good about something addressing the that we are pro agenda is like that the entire point of what every everybody's constantly claiming they have no agenda. Fair and balanced, yeah. We're the opposite of fair and balanced. Even though we are, I think, pretty unemotional, generally speaking, we're open about when we have an agenda. Yeah. I'll talk shit about just about anybody except probably Kyle Juszczyk. <laughs> yeah, juice. Man, when I watched the O2 NFC Championship game, and Deuce Staley scored the first touchdown. The whole place went, Deuce! And you got to give Philly credit. Like, that is not a place where the Niners go play, and there's going to be enough people to get a Juice chant in. There's just, Eagles fans are not selling those tickets. Well, like, here's one. You not know, I've got the chance to see. Fred Warner seems like a high-level guy. He's got a beautiful wife. She, I guess, went on Instagram and was bitching and moaning like she'll never go back to Philly. And I, I never understand this with wives or moms. Like, when you go into crazy places... In big games, do you think they're going to high five you? So yeah, they're flipping you off. Joey Bosa like, and Joey Bosa, like welcome. I'd say that's a little crazier, given that he's right there and talking shit. Th- those guys it just shows you how crazy the fan is. Now he's also filming. He knows the guy can't hit him, so it's a it's a little chicken shit. But like, I, I just never happened. understand family members that complain about hostile environments. Like, yeah, guys. I mean, that's well nature of the beast. Like you always say, you don't hold it against a mom for defending their kid. You know, like it's just a pretty emotional thing. But it's no different emotional for these fans that are just kind of nuts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Go Snapchat your butt buddies. (laughs) All time quote. Now Crosby's Max Crosby's piling on. I'm like, why is Max Crosby talking shit about Nick Bosa? And and you looked at the headline. He's talking about Joey. Like, oh, okay. I don't care then. Yeah, I don't. Max, you know, like you. I just. Well, he's picking up this, you know, Derek's. What? Are they wearing helmets or logos in the Pro Bowl? Someone said it starts tonight. Well, Pro Bowl games, because it's not actually a Pro Bowl. Are they going to wear logos? Like, remember when Jeff Samarja was in the All-Star game, but he'd been traded from the Cubs? Cubs Yeah. To the A's, and so he wore. I don't remember which team he was. He American League or a National League, but he just wore like a. He must have been a net. Yeah, I don't. He more like a generic league hat or something. I thought he just wore the A stuff, didn't he? Did he? I you know, but pretty he was, crazy. He was, a that, he was a National League All Star. Pretty crazy that Samarja was an All Star. <laughs> you know. Uh, he was justified that year for baseball. That first half of the season, I, I don't know, it's like crazy. A, he had like a one four, one two ERA. That ended fast. Uh, did you see that yeah. if the A's were like I, uh, John Lester? 
I've, you know, never forget now saying football. What's his name? The the running back for the Patriots, Robert, Robert Edwards. If Derek were to have an injury, they'd be on the hook for thirty three million dollars. Ooh, did you think I it was very nervous? Watching what that. was your take on their tweet about putting out Derek made the Pro Bowl? Well, I laughed at it because I thought that Mark, like organizationally. I don't think they would want it. I do think it is the classy thing to do. I didn't think they've, I didn't think the, I don't remember exactly what the text said. I thought they could have been a little more like, you know, uh, eloquent, whatever they said. But I, I, I do think it's the classy thing to do. Does anyone notice if they'd say they stay quiet? Cause no. it's a, it's a joke nod, right? Him and no. Tyler Huntley made the team. Yeah. No, it's, it's Nobody not a real, it's, Honestly, it's the fakest two nods I ever remember in the Pro Bowl. Like, honestly, kind of embarrassing. And my yeah. overall take is, let's just end this thing. Like, but they have ended it. It's not the Pro Bowl anymore. But I mean, officially, like, it's don't even competition. send the those guys. It. Yeah, I mean, let's just don't even call it anything. Just invite some players. Like, Derek, you want to come? Huntley, you want to come? Like, it's yeah, not yeah. a Pro like, Bowl. You're, but you're not called. You didn't make the Pro Bowl this year. Yeah, like, Derek, you can't claim you made the – you were benched. You're never going to play for the team again. Tyler Huntley threw two touchdowns and three picks this season. Like, it's – what are we doing, you know? Yeah, you shouldn't – it shouldn't say on your wiki or in your official bio, like, Pro Bowl season. It should not. I agree. And if we had in the contract a bonus, and I would imagine this has been instituted over the years, right? You have to be like Josh Allen. He's a pro bowler. He just chose not to go to play at Pebble Beach. Derek, you don't get your $300,000 pro bowl bonus. Guy like Tyler Huntley, Ooh. I bet his pro bowl bonus guy is a million dollars because they put it in the contract. He's never going to get it. The Raiders having to cut Derek a pro bowl bonus check is pretty funny, though, if that's what if that's in his contract. It'd be incredible. Uh, all right, Kyle Shanahan, grumpy Kyle Shanahan, understandably. Season ends, time to talk to the media. John Lynch, as you as you noticed and referenced, said multiple times, Kyle just needs some rest. The, there was a question in the press conference, if you didn't see it, about quarterback injuries. Like, why are all the quarterbacks always getting hurt? And John Lynch answered the question. And I don't remember if it was the same reporter do you remember if it was the same reporter that asked John? Somebody followed up and said, Out, with due respect to John's answer, Kyle, could we direct the question to you? You know, what do you think about the fact that these quarterbacks all get hurt? And Kyle was extremely dismissive. He just listed every injury and was like, they got hurt playing quarterback. I don't know what to tell you. Basically. Is that, did I summarize that? Yeah. He was, he wanted no part of the question. And he thought it was an illegitimate question by the way he answered it. What I don't, and it, just like after the game, when asked about the specific play, because I, I would say we're not even really talking about the other three guys. God love him, respect the hell out of his desire to never tap out. No one cares about Josh Johnson. They, they, they just don't. The, the Trey thing, I think we all agree. The internet argued, freak deal. Jimmy, definitely a freak deal. Brock Purdy was not. Brock Purdy think, was a specific. I, I don't think Trey Lance was a freak deal. You mean, did he ran him too much? Yeah. Yeah, but he's a running quarterback, right? Running quarterbacks, like... It's not a freak deal. Well, yeah, I mean, well, you draft or sign a running quarterback, like he might get hurt running. Yeah. 
that's especially when he know, looks uncomfortable as a runner. For sure, but he can't throw. So understood. But we could. But he definitely didn't give in when that, and I, I supported him on that because I'm on the side of Kyle on that one. The Brock Purdy thing, though, in these press conferences, I get where Kyle is thinking that like it's the, it's it wasn't I, honestly I didn't even recognize the voice. It wasn't Mike Silver. Somebody said it was Jason Cole. Okay, it was someone in the chat just said. Okay. That makes sense. I, I didn't recognize his voice, but asking him the question that it's not Kyle, like I don't need to just I don't need to answer it to you. You are speaking to, I don't know, a top five fan base in the league in terms of size, in terms of importance, in terms of people that really like you because you're clearly pretty good and you've been the best thing that's happened to this franchise in a long time. You you brought a lot of joy with a lot of wins and a lot of big games. Isn't this just one where I get after the game? I honestly don't even hold you against as a player or a coach after a game for being shitty in that position after a loss, a big loss. Ideally, act like a pro, but Belichick, Brady, have not, whatever, who cares? Didn't Brady not even shake Foles' hands? Like it's oh, yeah, multiple times. Whatever, who cares? Yeah. Three, four days after, you can't go, listen, if I had that to do over, I wish I would have had another play call. Obviously, I can't. It's done. But yeah, do I regret putting our backup tight end in that position? Of course. Did I think it would work during the week? I did. Right away, I knew we were in trouble. It was a bad play call. I, I'm human. Not you don't have to say that. Like I'm a play. I'm a play caller. I make good ones. I make bad ones. Man. It's part of the job. That one had devastating ramifications. What is that like? Are you still that fucking bitter four days later? Again, I like the guy. I think he's a really he's clearly one of the best coaches in the league. How could he not come to that? Con- and it's like Lynch is like, he's edgy, guys. He needs sleep. Because yeah, he can't just say that I fucked up. Every human fucks up. Players fuck up. Coaches fuck up. <clears throat> Lynch fucks up. You and I fuck up. Everyone listening messes up. Like, it's life. It's life. And he's incapable of doing it. And he never does, guy. When it comes specifically to offense and offensive play calls, I I think it's like a bugaboo that he can't justify it. Like, I I refuse to give the media. You're not talking to the media, or Kyle. You're talking to one of the powerhouse, millions upon millions of people that just want to hear you say. Like, it's a pretty obvious one. I regret doing that. Or even at minimum, even less than that, but still far more than he did. Explain why you don't think it's a mistake. Just say, look, it's my belief that there's only one way to run this offense, and you've got to run all of it, whether it's Hassan Reddick or the worst pass rusher in the league over there. We've got to run these plays, and we got to be better about it, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, you know, I, I would I would do the play over. Even if we all disagree with that and think that's a bad answer, at least it's some insight into – what he thinks. Does he think it's a mistake or does he not think it's a mistake? We could disagree and say, Kyle, I, I don't know offense as well as you, but having Hassan Reddick one-on-one with Tyler Croft, there's just no scenario in which that's a good idea, especially early in a game uh, when you're relying on, well, you know, because w- I would love to know what does he really think? Even if what he really thinks is it's not a bad play, then then what happened? Was Brock supposed to step up in the pocket? Do you blame Brock? Was Croft supposed to hold the block longer? Do you blame Croft? Some the play failed. The quarterback got hit. Did, he, did he think? Hurt. Did he think Reddick, like when they do it in practice or on film, bites down the line of scrimmage? 
right on a play fake. Well, I think he thought Reddick was going to bite on Debo coming around. Say that. Say I thought Reddick was going to bite on Debo and Reddick made a great play. But somewhere along the way, the play failed. Now, here's the thing. You don't want to say, you know, maybe you don't want to blame the player. But you have to at least explain what you're th- why you think. Because my question would be, Kyle, would you run that play again? Yes. Okay, tell me why. Why would you run that play again? And his answer might be, if I don't, if I start picking out some of these plays based on who the defense is, then it, then my offense isn't the same. I don't blame anyone for not asking the question, but that that's the perfect question. And I'm not in these press conferences. I'll never will be. But we've been that, in before. I, I know, but I won't be again. Like that, that and I'm not going to say like people screwed up by not asking the question. But that would have been a way to basically force to get an answer out of him. Would you run that play again? Uh, yeah, I don't know what he'd say. I, what do you think he'd say? Because the injury thing, it's when he asked, he was not going to bite. It's clear. <laughs> well, I think it's fair to be like, and this was John Lynch's answer. Yeah, I mean, because I, how could you possibly find a pattern between all of them? Unless you're saying, like, we studied it. All the quarterback injuries happen with pressure off the right side, and we got to shore up the right side. But I think every single person asking these questions, yeah. the media – the the fans that are like what are not going all seven are the same injuries. It's how is it humanly possible now in two years you got quarterbacks injured last no. year and then this year they're all dropping like flies. John, six years he's had a quarterback last the whole season once. How's it possible? Like it, th- th- there is, of course, it's football. Freaky things happen all the time. But Kyle, your quarterbacks get injured at a clip. And it's, okay, Jimmy, he's injury prone. Remove him. Birdie's never had an injury, and he got put in a compromising position. Because even Lynch was like, "Well, his arm got ripped." Well, no shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I think in minimum what I would expect, and Lynch acknowledged this. Kyle did not want to acknowledge it, which is, and Kyle what, basically want to say, "Fuck you guys." Yeah, but I think the the real answer because I don't I don't which know I, I like I, I like having that attitude every once in a while, but Jesus. I don't think do you think Kyle's doing something wrong that's causing all of his quarterbacks to get hurt? I I because what I would say is while well, you think about that answer, what I would say is I don't think you are, but let's at least acknowledge maybe we should all just take a pass at like, guys, can we just spend a day trying to figure out is there any pattern here why we can't keep a quarterback healthy for two years in a row? And the answer is probably no. Like I think John Lynch is right. Like the, I, I don't know what you would come up with, but at least acknowledge that the pattern is pretty alarming. But the argument, and this is to go back to the Brady. You know, he hasn't missed a game in fifteen years, Mister Durability. Yeah. So he's missed one season. Other than that, he never missed a snap. The likelihood that Tom Brady was going to stay healthy on this team to me was just we would have been stunned. I would have been. Uh, yeah, well, you've been holding your breath. I mean, the one thing is he gets rid of the ball very fast. But I know, so but he's Jimmy, old. He still Jimmy kicks hits. Jimmy did get hurt in New England, too. No doubt. Yeah, so. I, I, I don't know that there's an answer other than, yes, I hear what everybody's saying. I understand the consternation of the fan base. I think it's weird, too. And I wish I had the answer for it. That would have been fine. I hope we can get through a season without a quarterback injury. 
We got to protect better. We got to look at what we're doing. I don't know. I mean, we need it to stop. (laughs) We need it to stop. We need it. We don't really need to because we got to the NFC Championship with our third string quarterback this year. We just need like one injury or we'd be fine. But it but it turns out he was the best one, right? Yeah. That's where it's like whenever I hear that argument, it's like the Niners made it third string quarterback. Well, yeah. Looking back, he was the best of the three. You know, that's you just brought up a great like private conversation, Kyle. Kyle, when did you first think that Brock Purdy might be the best of the three? Like, did you think it in OTAs? Did you think it in camp? Like, when did you first think Brock might be better than Trey? Did you watch Brock in college and think he might be better than Trey? In fairness, you're you've just thrown a couple of incredible questions. If you were in that room and you're looking up, you're like, you can't ask him that question. Yeah, well, yeah. this guy is so miserable too. It's what is wrong with you? Like, it sucked. Can can we? Can we just act like human beings now? It's over. The players are like, it's, it's done, Kyle. That happened. You witnessed it. And you are the guy pulling the trigger on the play call. Like, there's no avoiding that. Sometimes coaches unfairly, like, you just start blasting the head coach. Like, guys, I'm not the coordinator. Like, I, I do let my guys go. Like, you pulled the trigger on the play call. Like, he is, I'm not saying blood on his hands. No one died. But, like, he has Tommy John in his hand or the elbow surgery on his hand because you pulled the trigger specifically also, like the specific play call led to that reaction, right? Sometimes, dude trips or whatever. It was like your backup tight end on, I don't know if there was defensive player of the year rankings. He's not going to win it, but he's a top five candidate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's their best player in your backup tight end. Like, even if, if well, I don't think there would be any pushback if it was Kidder. What do yeah. you say? Sometimes the best the backup tight end is the best tight end blocker, but that's not the case on the 49ers. Kittle if is. it was if it was Kittle and that still happened, I don't think Kyle would be taking as much heat, right? Because you call I, it that he's one I of the best. I totally agree. But it's Croft. Yeah. Do, what do what you about think- this question, Kyle? What gave you the confidence that your backup tight end, who no one's going to get confused for Rob Gronkowski at the point of attack, <laughs> could protect your quarterback in that situation? But no matter what the he he would have been. It's like Jesus. Well, here's another version. I'm all for. I'm cool with being pissed off. Everyone was that witnessed that. That's not an Eagle fan. He's not over it. Well, but sometimes I'm okay with not being over it too. But you're part of the cause. So are you just really bitter that like? do, Do you bear responsibility deep down? Yeah, I mean, he might be mad at himself. He might be just mad still at the whole thing. I, every human acknowledged the 47 million people that watched it. If you remove whatever, 5 million people rooting for the Eagles, the majority of people that watch that game don't necessarily, if they're not gambling, don't have like a rooting interest. They just want to watch like the afternoon game, just a sweet game. We got screwed. You know, the, the country got screwed the because of that play. Shocked at 47 million people. I guess there were, really weren't many other options to watch because everyone cancels work. programming. Because they're the like, we're losing the league. The number would have been bigger. Way if, bigger. Was if it was 47 million people with a half that was irrelevant, what, what, what would that number have been if that game had been the equivalent of the, the second game? 55? Second game 52? Yeah, 53 was the most watched ever, I think. Yeah. It was an incredible game with two small market teams, which you could argue proven the it doesn't necessarily football, matter in the NFL. I mean, their legacy... Well, the Bengals aren't a legacy, but uh, 
when Trey Lance is healthy again and when he plays on the field, when he plays for the 49ers again, will Kyle Shanahan approach it the same way he did last time? If he's proven he can't be an accurate quarterback. I believe he will, right? He will He will run the same play again that got Trey Lance hurt. He's a dual-threat quarterback in theory. In theory. Uh, Fangio out, Miami. So the Niners' uh, defensive coordinator search continues. We'll see. We don't really know who, as of this Thursday afternoon, who exactly all of who D'Amico is taking with him. Um, I saw Chris Harris's name attached to a few teams. Who else did I see him attached to? The DB coach for the Commanders. Um, so we'll see. I mean, that's that's got to be the first order of business for Kyle Shanahan here. Did you see one thing they mentioned, and this has changed, uh, I think, over the last several years. There's no longer like I shoot you a fax, which is still kind of funny in the NFL. I remember being in the office here, like, and it'd be like putting in for you know either coaches or executives. If it's an upgrade of the job, I don't ask you for permission. I just send you. We're talking to this guy. We send you a, you know, a notification. It went for ask for permission to notification. So if I'm Slowick and I'm D'Amico. I don't have to ask for the 49ers for permission if I'm going to make him my offensive play caller. Unless you upgrade him to the offensive play caller. So when I if I'm D'Amico and I go, I want to talk to Kasurik to be my defensive coordinator to call the plays, that's not, will you guys let me? Even though he's under contract, it's I'm talking to him for yeah. an upgraded position, which I'd argue is a the right move by the league. It was always kind of bullshit that teams under contract, I'm totally for like, you can't take my wide receiver coach to be the wide receiver coach, like in college, just because you might, you know, he's under contract. I gave him a multi-year deal, gave him stability. Even if I fired him, I got to pay him. You're making him the same lateral move. But if it's an upgrade at position, fuck. Somebody in the chat said Brian Flores. That'd be too much negativity in the building. You need, uh, you need, <laughs> you need somebody Brian Flores is more angry than Kyle from everything you hear, right? He's like, I heard Flores was so mean to the offensive staff for years. All right, yeah, so you can't – He could, was he nice to Tua at least? I don't think so. Yeah, okay. So, like, you got to have somebody – like, D'Amico and Sala were such good yins for Shanahan that you, <laughs> I would lean somebody with a little more kind of bounce in their step. Um. I guess, you know, the, the, there are multiple good Vance Joseph. I, who knows who the Cardinals are going to hire? Evero feels like he. Well, I mean, if, if we're just talking, Flores is a good coach. I, I would take Flores over Vance Joseph. Well, what I'm saying is just there's multiple. Evero and Vance are out there, and Wilkes, all coaches that are under contract right now, but may not be coordinating the, their teams defensively. Yeah. Um, uh, and then obviously, you know, other. I would say who, if he hires outside the building, there is a lot of pressure on that individual to be good, not just from the fan so that's base. Why you just go with Brian Flores because you just know he's going to be good, and the owner. But I, I'd say the I'd say the players. I mean, you're inheriting Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw, Eric Armstead, Ward. You know, you're you're inheriting a core group of guys, Hufunga, that just had a lot of success. So. 
sometimes I think it's an it's a good position for a coach. You get to, it's also a lot of pressure on a coach. Like it's easier for Sean Payton to go in. The bar's never been lower in Denver. Yeah, you'd argue the bar doesn't get much higher for a coordinator position than what you're inheriting in San Francisco at defense. If you're as an outsider. Yeah, Chris Harris. I I just fucking like his look. If you just it, off looks, I mean, one of the best defensive coordinators of all time. Just off the <laughs> just off the headshot. I did a Google image search because we saw the headshot, we saw the wiki shot, and no, he's not. Somebody asked the same Chris Harris from the Broncos. No, uh, but he did play in the league. Um, uh, but like all his whole Google image search, he's making the same. Like he's got one eyebrow up, one eyebrow down, huge neck. Uh. It just looks like he'd be a great fit for the Niners. You know, now is Brian Flores, if Brian Flores has, if Brian Flores gets hired, the Niners have number one defense in the league next year. Did you, did you see that Brian Flores was an option or are you just pulling that name? No, out? I'm just pulling that name. Um, would he, would he, would he get a head coaching job? Mm, I don't think it would hurt. Well, well, I guess what I'm saying is, you know, Chris Harris, hire the hire the fit. But are you just okay with every two years having to replace your defensive coordinator? It's a good problem to have. Yes, it's part of the deal, right? Yeah. The Chris Caceres, you never have to replace a position coach, is not normal. Brian Flores is the betting favorite to be the Arizona Cardinal head coach. Head coach? Yeah. Because, you know... uh, O.C. Martin Ford or whatever his name is, the new GM. Yeah. Longtime Patriot guy, was around him a lot. Would make sense. Tough guy with Kyler. Which I'd say if that is the hire for the Cardinals, that makes them a little more formidable. Bad for the Niners. Yeah, just a real coach. Like he proved in Miami, I think 19 wins back-to-back years. I kind of expect him to be the coach. What? What? Who else is? Uh, what are the next like three, two or three guys on those that odds list? Vance is up there. Kafka. These guys are like plus two hundred, plus five hundred. Brian Flores is minus one fifty to be the coach. What's taking so long? Uh shit! I don't like Ursay. Just what's the rush? But you just an extra month we get that February pay period. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's like, hey, well, Super Bowl, you know, if we do every two weeks, if I'm gonna pay this guy seven, eight million dollars, take fifteen, you know, the second week. Yeah, let's just start February fifteenth instead of February second. You know, skip a pay period. <laughs> I just saved you seven hundred thousand dollars. Cliff's, you know, doing who knows what on his dime over That's in the, right. You're double paying. So he's every, on a tiger every, and elephant right I, now. I mean, it's possible the owner was like, hey man, the, the most pay periods we can skip here is ideal. We're, yeah. We're paying Cliff and I'm a little leveraged. I just I bought a compound in France and I, I'm low on cash. I'll, I'll the, the the loan will come in and two if you could just wait two weeks, we can get it done. Is Brian still getting paid by the dolphins though? Well, there's lawsuits going on, so I, I'm not quite sure. I saw a lawsuit. I love a good coach lawsuit. I saw Matt Rules coming after Carolina for $5 million. There are discrepancies of if they owe him a, like a specific part of the severance or not. 
Like there's no the agent when they find that is so happy. Like, oh guys, I think we are anyone who's ever been fired or severance packages or left a job, and most human beings, I mean, the medium income in America is like 50 grand. Educated Americans, probably like 85. So even if you do get let go in a severance, you're talking whatever they owe you means a lot to you, right? That's the difference yeah. of like being able to pay the mortgage. But two months pay, it might be, you know, $8,000, $6,000. 100%. But that money to pay, make some payments for your car, for your kids, for your house is night and day. That $5 million to Matt Rule is completely irrelevant to his life beside principal, right? It's 100%. You owe me this. Uh-huh. And they're like, F you. We don't owe you this. It doesn't change like the size of his house in Nebraska. If he wants to buy a sweet house in Cabo, anything he's doing, that $5 million is completely irrelevant to his life beside they owe me this. Make sure we get it. Numbers on a piece of paper. <laughs> Numbers on a screen. That'd be a cool position to be in. Well, you just can't, you know, you can't, you can't allow, they, they, you let them take advantage of you, John. Yeah, that's what you tell yourself. You let them take advantage. They're going to take, they're going to take it a step further and a step further and a step further. He's probably saying, you know, it's actually, this $5 million is mine yet. I got to pay my lawyer 700 grand. So I'm only going to receive, you know, 4.3 of it. And then after taxes, is this even worth it? The answer is yes. Fighting for five mil is always worth it. F- five million is irrelevant. And he when ain't you... fighting. Yeah, he ain't fighting. It's completely he got irrelevant. A phone call that said, "Hey, Matt, we think we found five million. He said, "Okay, go get it." And then they'll call him when they get it or don't get it, and that's as involved as he'll be. He was making eight and a half, nine million dollars at Baylor. He got signed a seventy-two million dollar contract, and then he just signed another like seventy, sixty million dollar contract. So ultimately, five million. It's not nothing. Like. You see it in your bank account, but it has zero impact on the guy's life. How many league championships or division championships does he have? Probably one. Temple? Yeah, I don't even think he had one at Baylor. You're right. They didn't he didn't win the Big Twelve at Baylor. I think he got to the game and lost. <laughs> because Lincoln had five straight Big Twelve championships. <laughs> Football coaches. Does it shock you that he got $85 million when all these college coaches, or I guess his is so much shorter. Like if he would have got an eight year contract, it would have been way higher. Right. Part of why it's 85 million. It's only five years. So it's 17 times seven would be over a hundred million dollars. Yeah. I mean, because most of these college coaches are not signing five year deals. Correct. When they get the 80, $90 million longer, but like Saban's making on paper, uh, this past year on paper, Saban had 11-7, Kirby was 11-2, Dabo was 11-5. So, I mean, $17 million is significantly more than $11.25 million. Right? A lot of cash. You're saying why didn't he get 20 or 25 or something? I would just start at, these guys are getting 85 starting $95 million contracts. I need way more than that. It's all relative. Like I'd I'd want $140 million. Right. But then you, you're obligated to, you are stuck. Then you're stuck. Yeah. So you, you, you take a, you take only 17 million a year for your, so you can be financially, uh, so you can be free to make whatever decisions you want. 
Sean Payton, man. What else you got? Anything else? No. Deion Sanders killing it. Signing day. Did he kill it? Uh, yeah, I mean, he got the number one cornerback in the country. I to go. Good. Well, has he said what position Travis Hunter is going to play? Uh, I. It's funny you ask that. I don't know. I wondered. Uh, I, I well, actually, I, he was the number one player play. in the country last year as a DB, but he yeah, played wide receiver too. Yeah, but he only he was like seventh or eighth on the team last year at Jackson State in catches. He had eighteen catches, which isn't nothing. Like he had a big catch in the conference title game or in the bowl game or whatever. But when you look at the numbers, he was he was seventh on the team in reception. So, so he's I mean, a DB. He's a DB. Yeah. So he's gotten the number one DB in the nation back to back years. So they could roll out two NFL corners. Yeah. Now, yeah, in a passing league, in one of the best, like, it's the best passing league in the country because they have. Washington's back with the number one passing offense. Washington State got Western Kentucky's offensive coordinator. They were number two in passing offense. SC was number three in passing offense. Arizona was number six in passing offense last year. So, you see, Washington's coordinator told Saban, "I'm good." Yeah, I think I don't know. I assume he got a raise. If he did, it would be his third raise of this offseason. <laughs> How's that? He'd already gotten two raises this offseason. How's that possible? Well, after their bowl game, uh, after the regular season, he got a raise. Then they win their bowl game. A and M tries to hire him. He says no. Comes back, gets almost two million a year. And then Saban on Monday interviewed him, and he said, "You're telling oh. me the Washington University of Washington's coordinator makes over two mil? No, he makes almost two mil. That's a lot of cat. These coordinators, highest college. coordinator ever at Washington. But yeah, no, it's good. I mean, well, is there a co- is there a coordinator in the Pac-12 that makes more than him? Can't be right. Mm, uh, I don't know what Grinch probably doesn't make more. Hope not. <laughs> um, hey, easy. I'm in. I'm in oh, here yeah. right now. Fight on. Um, who would make more? Dillingham left. Will Stein makes less than him. Uh, Who's Dillingham's defensive coordinator? Brian Ward, who was at Washington State, good so hire. That guy got a raise. That guy got a raise. Uh, it's a good question. I don't. I mean, Oregon traditionally has paid the most for their coordinators. I think, but their head coach is now their defensive coordinator, right? Which they've always paid a lot for their defense. Yeah, Tosh Lupoy's there. They hired another guy. Who's his offensive coordinator? Will Stein, new guy from North Texas or Texas State, one of the two. Jewish guy. I, I hope so. <laughs> Does uh, Whittingham's defensive coordinator make a lot of coin? Scally? I mean, been there a while. He probably does. But he got his salary cut a few years ago, or his coaching waiting tag cut a few years ago, so I don't know. So, yeah, he might be one. He might be. These coordinators, man, are making a lot of cash. And they don't do any. They don't have to sit up there with Shanahan and Lynch and answer any questions hardly. It's awesome. Jaden Rashad. You're like, uh, wait, I can win 11 games in Washington and become a head coach. Or I can go to Saban, maybe win 12, but get screamed at relentlessly by the guy. You're going to pay me $2 million. He's going to pay me $2.1. I'm getting a job probably either way. I'm good, man. You don't have a choice if you're making like 800 and he's offering you two. But it's like, wait, you will pay me basically the same amount of money? And I like this guy? And everyone's like, listen, it's great for your career, but he fucking screams at you nonstop. Nonstop. You're like, yeah, I'm good. I got I got a number one offense and the quarterback's back. Screams at you. I know the quarterback very well. 
Yeah. And he's going to be edgy because they haven't won it in a couple years. He clearly just fired the defensive coordinator who went to Ole Miss. It was one of those, like, I don't fire anybody, but you got to get a new job. And he just randomly goes to Lane. Who Sent Bill O'Brien back to New England. So he's kind of starting over from scratch. He doesn't have an offensive or defensive coordinator. But somehow it's the number one recruiting class in the country. Because it's a little... It's like what Belichick always envisioned doing, but once Tom removed, like it's much easier to control it all in college. Right? Like if Bill was in college, he would just be doing what Saban's doing, like in full control. But yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in the pros, it's just no one even thinks it's like even that weird that he doesn't have an offensive or defensive coordinator. Nick's like, we'll be fine. Well, Tommy Reese, everyone thought Tommy Reese sucked. I saw he's interviewing for the Alabama offensive coordinator job. Oh, if I told you Brian Flores ends up as his defensive coordinator, would that shock you? Yeah, because what if he can't I mean, get an NFL job? I mean, if he didn't get the if he didn't if he didn't get the if he didn't get a job in the NFL. Yeah, it's not crazy. No, it just so. I mean, maybe Nick would tell you. Listen, I I handle all that. We actually only call fifty guys anyway. I'm not calling seven hundred. You know, I pick them. They don't pick me. Right. I've heard Alabama is one of the teams that like sends out, you know, like 500 scholarship offers. And then it's like, oh, this guy got offered by Alabama, but not really. It yeah. wasn't committable, you know. I, I do wonder if it's probably never been a bigger pain in the ass. Because the, the, the signing period that just happened was ma- was all high school kids, right? Uh, Well, the portal guys can sign whatever they want. And it is it was it's JC guys also. But I'm saying... Our portal guys hasn't school started at a lot of these places. Yeah, what a kid just doing the, at home? If you're in the portal, if you were in the portal by January 18th, and you're in the portal now, still you could like that's Sam Heward just signed at Cal Poly the other day. True, but it feels like that's been done for a long time, right? Yeah, I think for the most part, the the next wave of portal guys is post spring ball. It's like June. Teams kind of wait. They like, okay, yeah, we need another quarterback. Yeah, we need a linebacker or a guy practices like, shit, I'm on the depth chart third. I want out. He gets ready to go back. You know, like that's when you get more portal movement. Well, and a lot of times after spring ball, when I was at Fresno State, you basically do a state of your status, right? We sit down with you, what you need to do in the offseason to get ready for training camp. I tell you, you're not starting. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, back then you were stuck. Now it's like, see ya. I mean, the Heward... It's like, obviously, it's the, the only five-star Cal Poly's ever going to sniff. But to me, it turns out you're just not a five-star, right? Could be, but what, I mean, is DJ a five, DJ Uyungle a five-star? That's what he was. I would say that DJ, even for all his flaws, has to be dramatically better than this individual, correct? And he was the number two overall player in the country, DJ. Was Brock a top player in the country? Is that his name, Brock? Damon? Sam Heward. Sam. Sam here. Uh, Who's his dad? Damon. Brock is his uncle. Uh, my guess is he was like, I bet he was like 32. Johnson. Well, h- how did Sam Heward end up at Cal Poly? Because the former Washington coach got hired there as the OC. His high school coach got hired as the OC. Yeah. What? Are you looking up his 24 7? Well, he's not that tall. What's, what was his overall rating coming out of high school? He's six feet one. His overall rating was... And played in the air raid, too. 17 in the country. Quarterback or overall? 
17 overall player and third overall quarterback. Okay, I got him 24-7 as 12th. So uh, that's a pretty legitimate prospect. I'd say that's a that's an incredible prospect, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you but, just meet someone and be like, yeah, when I was coming out of high school in football, I was a top 20 player in the entire country, that's pretty incredible status, yeah. right? Yeah. To, to go from two years to be a Cal Poly? I get your high school coach, wanted be, but... Wanted to be free. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. And I don't know that we're going to get the, I mean, I guess he could light it up at Cal Poly. That'd be great. I'd be happy for him. I would say if he's really good, Cal Poly should be pretty potent on offense, right? They got any receivers? You should just have <laughs> solid guy. I mean, I just, he, FCS, just solid FCS guys. Yeah. If I put Bryce young or some of these guys, CJ Stroud at Cal Poly, Cal Poly is going to be dramatically better, right? Than whatever they were with Haberman and Milkoff playing quarterback. Well, they were going to run the air raid, I assume. So, yeah. So you don't need the highest, you don't need the most talented receiving group. Anything less than a national championship now is a failure. Hmm. Put the pressure on John. One of the big, that was John Middlecoff, big Cal Poly booster. Yeah. I get emails. They want some money. All right. On that note, enjoy the Pro Bowl activities, everybody. See you, people. Later, y'all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.